0: To get that deal, and let's get on with the show. Hi, this is Nick Freitas, and welcome back to Making the Argument. We have a special episode for you today. I have my beautiful wife, Tina, with me, and uh, we, you know, we get a lot of questions. Being, you know, obviously involved in politics or, or time in the military, and so we, we get a lot of questions on on what it's like to be a, a couple, whether it was in the military or in politics, and then we also get just a, a lot of. You know, questions about, you know, who we are, what do we like, funny stories. And so we thought this would be a great time to just kind of introduce ourselves and, and answer some of those questions that we commonly get. And so the first one, I guess the first one we'll start off with is how we met. Um, and, and here's the the first thing you need to know about this is that a lot of times people get this idea that I'm kind of the uh, I don't know, the upfront blunt. You know, I'll, I'll say things that no one else will say. Here's what you need to know, understand first of that. I'm the nice one. I'm the nice one.
1: Wait a minute.
0: No, 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 no. Anytime you hear me say something like truly controversial, she thinks it was weak. Like I, I should have, I really should have doubled down. So, and that's, and it's, it's been this way since yeah. high school, but we met our freshman year of high school. It was a very, very small school. We had a graduating class. Like 27. Of, yeah, 27. But, um, yeah, I first remembered when I was sitting in the class, I could take you back to the classroom, take you back to the desk, when Tina walked in a freshman year, and I remember thinking to myself, well, that's never going to happen.
1: <laughs> I don't even remember meeting Nick our freshman year, so.
0: Isn't that, like, that's just me. I'm just,
1: that was a joke. Yeah,
0: but you know what? You married me, so. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so we, we met in high school, and uh, we didn't date until our senior year.
1: Well, y- you know, you say we met in in ninth grade but our very first conversation yeah that's what i remember i don't remember like walking into a class on like a
0: school trip
1: yeah we went to the lake and we went to this christian school where you know you all the girls had to wear t-shirts over their swimsuits and we were all running around you know playing with the football jumping in the water and everything Mm -hmm. else and nick and i got into some kind of conversation Mm -hmm. it was pretty intense because uh we, we re- realized that we were both conservatives and, uh, you know, liberty-loving people, but we really needed to hash out which one of us was more conservative than the other, more, you know, yeah. liberty-minded than the other. And so uh, and that lied. was a heated, no? Yeah, I did. Uh, I don't think so. This, okay, So we still haven't quite gotten this one answered, I would say. Uh, but that's okay. You know, we got the rest of our lives to figure this out. Yeah.
0: So we, we started, we started dating our senior year and then I went off to basic training. And I remember when I went off to basic training, because I, I already knew I was like, I don't know, like hitting way above my weight. And so I just figured I'm going to go off to basic training and it's going to be like every other girlfriend that everybody, I mean, there's songs written about this in the military. When you're running in Jody, cadence in the military. Anybody, yeah. Anybody. Jody. Who- if you're, if you're familiar with the military, you know who Jody is. Jody is that guy that steals your girlfriend when you're in basic training. Yeah. And so I just assumed that was going to happen. So I'm trying to play it cool. And as and as and I'm like, going off... Like,
1: do you not know me at all? Well, I,
0: I just, I was planning for the worst. Wow. So when I he went off to basic...
1: underestimated my feelings for him.
0: When I went off to basic training, I'm saying, look, I'm going to be in basic training. Clearly, I'm not dating anyone <laughs> while I'm there. But, you know, if you want to date other people, I, I get it. And again, I really, really did not want her to date other people. Um, in fact, I, my best friend was like watching out to see if she was dating other people. Oh, yeah. Eric Ewing had no, my back. No, I, I
1: remember that. Yeah. He showed up one day. Uh, our home uh, yeah. was being sold. I was, my parents' home was being sold. And so we moved into this little apartment while the home was being sold. Yeah. And uh, Eric saw my truck. I had a little purple truck. Yeah and he saw my truck at this apartment and he goes and knocks on the door like he caught me or something. Yeah. And I answer the door, I think I'm like in my jammies or something. And he's like, hi Tina, what are you doing here? (laughs) And uh, I'm like, popular. I live here, Eric, with my parents. You remember my parents, yeah. And uh, so, okay, so he couldn't catch me, so that was good. Oh, because likely story. Nothing happened, you know. No, I so. know. No, no, she, <laughs> she
0: was, she was great. She was, she was. Well, faithful. you
1: know what I was doing every single day.
0: Yeah, you did.
1: Every single day, I was writing letters to Nick because she did. I was just so. Every... I was so in love.
0: Every day, wrote me a letter in basic training. Yeah. But yeah, but I again, shout out to my boy Eric. Okay, but but the best man, godfather to my children. You went off
1: to Okay, I got to tell this story. Uh-huh. You went off to basic training and he had never told me he loved me yet. That's true. That's and I true. knew I loved him, but I had this personal rule that I'm not going to say it first because mm-hmm. I want to know he really meant it and he's not just trying to respond to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was waiting. And, uh, man, I knew I loved him so early. And I just waited. What's not the love?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not (laughs) that.
1: But I knew. I mean, I just knew. And uh, it wasn't until he graduated from basic training and I flew out there. And after I had written him, you know, every single day, he finally told me he loved me. I
0: know. On the banks of the Chattahoochee. You
1: did. It was really romantic. Let's, let's,
0: Let's hear it for Alan Jackson. Well, his
1: whole family was there, so yeah. we had to like go take a like, walk, right there. Yeah. so that we could be alone.
0: But yeah, and then we yeah we ended up getting married. I I proposed to you over the phone. Well, actually, I tried to. Propose. Yeah, that was really slick. I, yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> I'm kind of a romantic. No, it's like I had to go. So I, I get to I get through basic. I get through airborne school. I get to the 82nd airborne division,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I remember I, I called up both your dads and, and, and I have
1: two dads and both your moms. Yeah.
0: So I called them both. I called them all up, asked permission, the whole deal, and then I. I get s- hold
1: on. I guess I should caveat. I have two dads, and two moms. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, come from a family of divorce. I don't just have two dads.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I guess you do have to clarify. that. You do that have nowadays. to clarify that. Um, so yeah, I called up, got permission, did the did the appropriate thing. You know, young men out there, if you if you don't believe in asking the father for permission, now again, if the father's just a jerk or whatnot, maybe, but. You gotta ask the father permission. And as and as a father of two girls now, I believe this even more. But I asked permission and then I had told um Tina's mom, Joy, and I had told one of her best friends, Angie, that I, I had set it up to where I was gonna propose, like over the radio, because I was in North Carolina, you were in Chico, California.
1: Yeah. Now, okay. And then proposing it never, over the radio is a little bit, you know. It's better but, than just Okay, yeah, it is. Your yeah. options are extremely limited. Because he was at the 82nd Airborne, and they Mm -hmm. had block leave twice a year. Yeah. And that was it. It's not like he could jump on a plane and come out here. Mm -hmm. He literally was on DRF statuses Mm -hmm. (laughs) rotating through and could not leave uh, because they could be called up. They were a rapid deployment force. And so uh, he had to work with what he had, uh, which was some funky radio station and... (laughs)
0: So they stayed up all night listening to the radio and it never came on. Well, and
1: I had worked all day. I was so tired yeah. and I'm going, I'm just going to bed. And, and then I was
0: supposed to call and I fell asleep because I had been working all day. Because
1: I didn't know. I'm like, why did they have the radio out? I had yeah. no idea. I'm yeah. just like, this is weird. It's behavior. not
0: 1946. Why are we sitting here listening to the radio? <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyways, I fell asleep and then I woke up the next yeah, morning. He forgot
1: to call and asked me to marry him.
0: And then I woke up the next morning. And I said, your boyfriend's an idiot. And she was still asleep because we got a time difference between North Carolina and California. Yeah. And I said, will you marry me? And she's like, are you serious? She'd like, I woke her up.
1: I wouldn't answer. I kept asking if he was serious because it just seemed so out of the blue. She was trying to
0: find a way out of it. But then it it would have been rude to say no at that point. So she just said yes. No, I
1: I hated being away from you. And so, Mm. you know, I'm of the opinion if you're going to ask somebody to marry you, you better be ready right now. And because don't don't ask someone to marry you and then be like, oh, but we can't set a date until, you know, down. Whatever. If you want to marry the person, you ask them right now. You mean it right now and let her set the date. And uh, so anyway, since they had block leave twice a year, mm-hmm. um, we had to decide, do we want to get married this spring, which would be six weeks from then? Yeah. Or do we want to get married at Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: you don't want to get married. Well, we, we didn't, didn't want, want to wait, wait that long. Yeah. I mean, not get, only that, but guys, can I just give you a pro tip here? If you really want to marry the girl, but you don't want to be involved in planning the wedding, you just kind of want to show up, say I do, and yeah. Then, be in the military. Yeah, be in the military. Seriously, because it was I couldn't do anything for the wedding. I just had to. I literally flew home, and I think two days later we had the wedding, or like three days later we had the wedding. No,
1: you were home for like tying up all the loose ends, like. The, the the week before and then we got married and you got on a plane the very next day. I didn't have
0: to make a single decision on like venue, flowers.
1: Honestly I don't think the guy should be making those decisions anyway. I, I mean I don't what
0: I would have just screwed it. we are so much better at this.
1: Let the night. girl do it.
0: Yeah. No, it was great. But it was a beautiful wedding. She did a great job. Dress looked incredible. We yeah. rode an we rode an armored car. We did. That was, I was I was in my dress blues. In fact And that
1: was a surprise and now, I'll tell you, my initial thought was, wow, this is what we're riding over there. And I knew I needed to be cool about this, but it was really sprung on me. I would have probably liked to know ahead of time. but
0: It looks so cool.
1: It, it was really cool, but I had no idea how I was going to climb yeah. in that thing in my dress and like stand out the top. And then, you know, the bot- my dress is trailing. Well, there's a guy down there driving and uh, I have no idea what he could see down there. <laughs> Because my good, dress was outside the thing. It was
0: our good friend, Jack Lee. He had, he collected vintage military vehicles. And this happened to be an armored, it was an airborne capable armored car. And so, yeah. man, wouldn't that be cool? Because I was mm-hmm. in the 82nd Airborne and I'm wearing my dress blues. And when I, went, I, when I went to go get my dress blues, I was an E2. Like I was a private in the army. I was making no money. And I go in to buy dress blues. And dress blues, even at this time, this is 90, um, this is 1999. Wow. No, wow. no, I'm talking about when I bought my blues, not when we got <laughs> married. Kidding. Okay. So it was like 1999 and I go in to buy my dress blues and this gal is at the military clothing and sales and she's looking at me, she's like, sweetheart, you're a private. Why are you buying dress blues? Right? Because they're like 500 bucks. That's like a month's pay. I like your pay. Southern accent there, that's, that's cute. That's like a month's pay. And and she looks at me and I said, well, ma'am, you know, I'm buying my dress blues because I've always wanted to get married in my dress blues and, and so that's why I'm doing it. And she looks at me and she goes,
1: he was like a buck forty-five.
0: I was one fifty-two. Anyway, she looks at me and she goes, "Well, sweetheart, I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live. I'm gonna leave plenty of room to let these out as you mature." And, and she did. Like, and I had to wear my dress. Blues I had to break for, out my
1: sewing machine and let those out as far as they would we, go.
0: This like twelve years later. I was going to a daddy-daughter dance. <laughs> Lily wanted me to wear my dress blues, yeah. and Daddy was trying to see if I could squeeze myself into him. because I am not a buck fifty-two
1: now. <laughs> that's okay, honey. We both we both went I'm better. Not a buck fifty-two
0: now. So, but anyways, that's how we met. That's how we got married. So, what's all right? What's some of the other questions here? Why why did we get involved in politics? Mm. I mean, my start, My mom, my mom, my mom, Robin was the head of a Republican women's uh, group where I grew up, and. She's the one that got me involved because my mom was my mom's pretty awesome. Like she would she would go to these events in California and whatnot, and she would go on to college universities and she would debate like the college university president, and she could do it in English and Spanish. And so I I grew up watching my mom be involved and and know why it was important, you know, and um, you know, single mom. She was a nurse. She was raising me and my brother. I'm actually the oldest of nine kids because my dad and my stepmom had seven more kids, so I'm the oldest of nine. But um, yeah, my my mom, I, I watched my mom do it, and she got me involved, and she had me knocking doors and all this other stuff. And uh, so that's that's what got me involved in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was always interested. I didn't think I was going to run for office because um, I wanted to be a soldier, so I joined the Although, I mean, group.
1: didn't you, our senior year of high school, get, you know, most likely to become president of the United States or no. something?
0: I got most likely to get a – pro. no. Oh, the no, way, no. The way they worded it. Most likely to win a Purple Heart. I was like, they you don't win a Purple win Heart. Win a
1: Purple Heart.
0: yeah. And you know what? Two combat tours, no Purple Hearts, so they were yeah. wrong. The juniors are wrong, but they were wrong. Yeah.
1: Well, that's good. I'm very glad. They of course, were
0: wrong. I guess my first. Foray... I'm glad they were
1: wrong about me too. <laughs> we won't share yeah. that one. Um, my
0: first foray into politics, though, was I was I was the student body president, and my first piece of legislation was because we went to we went to again. It was a good, strict Christian school, mm-hmm. but one of the rules was is boys could wear jeans, but c- girls couldn't wear jeans. We
1: had to go out and try yeah. to find like,
0: you couldn't wear blue. colorful
1: jeans. Uh, pants, they couldn't be blue jeans. Yeah. Like, for some reason, blue was bad, but all the other colors were <laughs> yeah. fine.
0: I got that changed.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Equality. And <laughs> so he's been fighting for women's rights for quite some time. That's right. And we were all really glad that we could wear blue jeans.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right.
1: Like, note to all the Christian schools out there, like, do you really...
0: Either either you everyone's got to gotta wear that? a uniform, or you can't have different rules like that. That's just all right. So we yeah. got some other, we got some pop culture questions that we've been asked. Um, all right, so here's what I guess this isn't really pop culture, but someone obviously I, I talk a lot about the Second Amendment. Tina's talked a lot about the Second Amendment, and so we got asked, I got asked, what my favorite gun is. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down because, I mean, the favorite pistol, favorite rifle, so. My favorite pistol is, it, it's a Colt 1911. And, and look, there's going to be a lot of people that say, you know, oh, come on, that's an obvious answer. Yeah, it's an obvious answer because it's true. I mean, the Colt 1911 is just an absolute classic. The caliber's great. It just feels right when you're shooting it. Um, that's my favorite. It's, it's not what I carry, though. I actually kind of like the Springfield XDs. Um, you like the Walther.
1: I have the Walther, although it has that little bit of a zip to the trigger mechanism that I am I need to go. Yeah. I need to find another.
0: I told you she, you. she got it because it was purple.
1: Well, no, I didn't get it because it, it was purple. Cause it was I got purple. it because the grip was comfortable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So, but if we want to talk about my favorite guns, honey. <laughs> that would be his. <laughs> oh, my god! I know. You can cut that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that, as far as a favorite rifle, I mean... All around, I, I I really like the AR-15. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there's there's plenty of like the, the whole, um, what is it? The Winchester Model 1870 is a great lever action rifle. It's a classic, you know. Um, but I get asked this a lot because I used to be a special forces weapons sergeant and I'll get asked about things like the AK-47 versus the AR-15. Let me just tell you right now, there is no comparison. The AK-47 is garbage next to the AR-15.
1: Nick but, should know he was a weapons expert in special forces. But
0: there's so. a lot of people that will challenge me on that. And, and yeah, there's- And they're there's, wrong. This is also true, right? But the AK-47, here's what the AK-47 is good for. If you want to take a rifle, leave it in the mud for a week and then pick it up and shoot it, AK is pretty good. It's got a it's got a uh, gas piston system, but ergonomically, it's ergonomics suck on this thing. And let me tell you why. Um, with an AK 47, the way that the selector switch works is it goes from safe to full auto to semi-auto, right? And it's on the right hand side. Well, most people are right-handed. So your hands here on the pistol grip. So if you actually want to move the selector switch, you've got to take your hand off the pistol grip in order to move the selector switch. And so we had a lot of our Iraqis that what their solution was is they would put it on semi and they'd be, they'd be walking around with on semi-automatic, but no, no um, round loaded in the chamber. And then what they'd have to do is that if all of a sudden they got in a firefight, they got to rack around and then start shooting. And we were trying to come up with different ways that they could do this, where they could have a round loaded. So they'd be ready for action, but it was just hard to switch it off to save. It was, it was a pain. So ergonomically the AK 47 is crap. And I don't apologize to anyone for saying that the ergonomics on the AR 15 are excellent. You can do everything right here with your selector switch, your forward grip, it's lightweight. Now I will say that they they've made some improvements on the on the AR model. They have variants where they have a gas piston system instead of a gas direct system, which means you get less fouling and less like misfires and things so like that. So
1: basically Nick is nerding out right now. I am. I am.
0: But on this uh, question. But I, I carry um, a Springfield XD as like my concealed carry.
1: Yeah, I like a smaller gun for my concealed carry, and I got this little Taurus and Nick made fun of me for it. It's not a
0: it's not a bad gun, but it's But it's, it's not really what I tiny and,
1: and no one has any clue I am And it's
0: like a isn't was it like a three eighty or something? Yeah.
1: But I've, a
0: nine mil I've I mean, got the
1: man mil. killers in there. I got the, <laughs> I've got the right, you know, ammunition. You're good it's you're just, a good
0: shot with an AR too.
1: Okay, so we got some tannerite. Yeah. And uh Nick had only iron sights on his yeah. um, AR at the time. Mm-hmm. And he has a different AR now. That was well, he has actually, old school he has AR, two yeah. ARs. But...
0: Yeah, that was my old school
1: AR. Okay, but so we're trying to do this on iron sights, and mm-hmm. his entire campaign team last year decides they're gonna try to shoot the Tannerite. Yeah. Um, and everybody got to shoot once, including Nick. And guess who hit it on the first shot?
0: I broke it in for you. That was what happened. Me. That's true. She did. I did. All of our kids are pretty good shots, too. We got yeah, three kids. Yeah, Allie's a crack shot. Lily, Luke, and Allie, all of them are good shots. All of my campaign team, when you decided that they were going to challenge Allie to a shoot-off with my little Ruger mm-hmm. 22 single single-action revolver, and Allie beat everyone on the campaign team.
1: I don't think she went up against Nick Hamilton. I think Nick's really the only one that is um, Nick, really, really Nick was a
0: pretty good, shot, but good at Allie, firearms. I think Allie on. beat him, too. She might have tied Nick. I don't know.
1: I don't know if she challenged him, but all that to say, our daughter is going to be able to take care of herself. Yeah, all And it's a good kids, thing cuz she's All a our
0: kids can shoot. Cutie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. may have to cap
1: all some right. people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, all right. I mean, people talk about, I mean, we live in what is this, what do they call it? We live in a rape culture, honey. So, so hey, the second amendment is great should be equalizer. Armed. Yeah. Yeah, that that's my big thing is that I feel like the Second Amendment really is the great equalizer, and yeah. we have this situation, you know, where in Virginia there's this backlog and rape kits and things mm. like that and um, And I I might have gotten in a little trouble for saying that, you know, if more would-be rapists were bleeding out in a gutter somewhere We wouldn't have a problem. <laughs> I with remember you saying that. A yeah. backlog in rape kits. Not untrue. And you know what my daughters
0: yeah, they know they can shoot. take
1: care of their own security and they don't got to wait for somebody else to come and save them. That's the ultimate damsel in distress thing. And if you want to sit here and talk about being an empowered woman, well, then empower yourself and get yourself a gun and learn how to use it right.
0: That's hot, babe. All right. <laughs> all right. It's not favorite, that kind of video, babe. Favorite books. Favorite books. Um, all right. So I'm going to have to break this down into... Or favorite authors, I should say, nonfiction and fiction. So my favorite, God, non-
1: God's pretty much my favorite author.
0: Yeah, that's well, that yes, that is the obvious. Okay, so sure out answer. of the
1: people, though.
0: So out of okay. yeah, out of people, out of people that are not God. Jane Austen. For nonfiction, I would agree with you. This was okay. So all right, for all the guys that are listening to this or watching this, who just heard. You Nick
1: know, utter those words.
0: Former. Former Green Beret It's okay. His man
1: card's secure. He can say anything he wants.
0: Nick Freight fun. is saying that Jane Austen is my favorite nonfiction author. I mean, look, I like Tom Clancy and some of that. But Jane you Austen... Lo- you
1: also like fruity drinks and sprinkles on your donuts.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Fruity drinks are only appropriate when you're in the Caribbean. And sprinkles Honey, on donuts are perfectly acceptable. if I offered you a
1: fruity drink right now, you would drink it. You love fruity drinks. I like pina coladas. And other fruity drinks.
0: Is, I guess a margaritas. Lime.
1: I'm so right. Okay. Sing the, the Tina's Right song. Again, no.
0: If it's, look, if it's in the Caribbean no, or if it's hot outside right or by the pool, that's perfectly acceptable. And I make no apology. My dad, so my dad's former He's LAPD. He's
1: filibustering right now because I told him he had to sing <sighs> the Tina's Right song.
0: I'm not doing it. So my dad is former LAPD, right? So obviously I grew up with a lot of donuts in the house. <laughs> but, but my dad, he would, when I got through, I think it was special forces selection or whatnot, I came home. And um, you know we were we were talking, and we went to go grab like coffee and a donut or whatnot. And and he got a glazed donut, and I got a donut with sprinkles on it. Cause yeah, I like sprinkles on the donut. Whatever. I, I make no apologies. So he looks at me and he's like, the hell are you doing?" Said, I'm I'm getting the donut. He it's goes sprinkles. He goes, "That's got sprinkles on it." And I'm like, "Well, you got a donut." He's like, "This is an official police glazed donut. Right? This is a manly donut." I'm like, "Dad." I'm so manly, I make a sprinkled donut manly. That's right. To this
1: day, sprinkled donuts, he has to have, if we're getting donuts. They're good. Yeah.
0: I make no apologies. How do... We were talking about favorite authors.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Let me to stop just show Go me. ahead. All right.
0: So anyways, Jane Austen. Now, for again, for all the guys that are going to criticize me for this, the first time I ever read a Jane Austen book, I was still in the military. I was deploying a lot. And Tina and I were, you know, finding ways to like stay connected while I was gone. Yeah. And we had our first daughter at that point. And... Um, we 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 did this rule where whenever I went anywhere, we would pick a book to read. And the rule was it had to be a classic. It couldn't you know, it had to be a classic. It could be like a Daniel Steele novel or something like that. It had to be a classic. So I picked wouldn't
1: read that crap anyway. I know,
0: I picked um what did I pick? Count of Monte
1: Cristo. Count of Monte Cristo. Which is a great, great book. It is a great book. And great the movie book. is nothing like the but book. I mean, but it's... the
0: movie's good too.
1: It kind of has the same flavor as the book. Yeah,
0: but it's but like very the whole different. second
1: half is different.
0: Yeah, very different. But that was a great book, so I read that one. So now it's Tina's turn to pick, and she picks *Pride and Prejudice*. And I, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! I gotta go read *Pride*. Dude, awesome book.
1: The dialogue is so good. And awesome book. I love the fact that like British people, they can just like dress you down, and you don't even realize they've done it. They oh. they've just burned you up one side and down the other but they did it so beautifully uh, like the, so nicely and with their beautiful accents and Oh just... I think
0: I think the quote is the art of diplomacy is telling someone to go to hell in such a way that they'll look forward to the journey that is Jane Austen mm-hmm. my god you look at the dialogue there and the sarcasm and the wit and everything else it was great and then there's all these BBC adaptations of the movies and my favorite my favorite is Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility
1: old version of Pride and Prejudice yeah
0: yeah, not the new one. Not new the one version
1: out. of Sense and but Sensibility.
0: Again, for all you guys who are going to tell me that's weak or that's lame, let me tell you something. We started watching those when my daughters were were younger. And the great thing about Jane Austen is that she writes about like the, her her heroines in her book are they're strong, they're independently minded, responsible, and then there's always. There's always somebody else in the book who's kind of like the the guy that's like a total rake, right? He's just a he's just a jerk. He's that guy you don't want dating your daughters. There's always one of those in a Jane Austen book, and then um, and then there's always like a sister that's kind of flighty and totally driven yeah. by emotion and the whole deal. And there's
1: always your heroine always has a, sort of a contentious relationship with the m- man that she may or may not yeah. end up with. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a little bit contentious because they both know their own minds and they, yeah. they do this. And I love that because that's Nick that was and I, us. we yeah, that's us. We would debate. Oh, but and- the,
0: the wonderful thing is is that my daughter, so my oldest daughter is 18 and she's got a boyfriend now. But when, when a guy wanted to date my daughter, and she was at that age where we're, we were okay with dating, um, she told him, I didn't have to tell him, she told yeah. him, you know, you can ask me out. That's great, but unless my father says it's okay, this ain't happening. <laughs> and and it was and it was wonderful because my daughter is very strong, very independently minded, knows what she wants to do, knows what she believes. Um, but there was a, a combination of things there. One, I always felt like as a father, it was my responsibility to do a couple of things. One is the way I treat my wife demonstrates to my kids. You know, both my son and my daughters, but demonstrates to my daughters how they should expect to be treated. And then the way I interact with my with my daughters, right? And so
1: Well, hold on. I, I've got a caveat well, here. Well, but let
0: me let me get to the Jane Austen part first. But the other thing that I loved about it was ever since my ever since my daughters were like really little, we'd be watching Pride and Prejudice or something like that. And you know, one of the girls would kiss one of the guys or whatever it is, and Lily would look at me and like, Daddy, they're not even engaged. I'm like, I know, sweetheart, that's just horrible. You'd never want to do that. She goes, No, I wouldn't, Daddy. Did you a mommy kiss before you were engaged? You know what, sweetheart? Let's just watch the movie now. <laughs>
1: let's not talk. Well, mm.
0: <laughs> but but no, it was one of those things where it was about it was about providing your kids with entertainment that reinforced certain values
1: and doesn't and, completely offend every oh sensibility gosh. you might have. Every and,
0: conservative sensibility, right? And and again, Jane Austen does a great job of doing that. She well, she writes really good characters
1: because because. Including a bunch of gratuitous stuff and, and language and everything else. Not in general. It's Austin. lazy. It's yeah. just lazy writing. Yeah. If you if you can write a really good book without that stuff, you're a really good writer. Yeah. And But uh, I, it got me not yeah. only
0: that, but the other the other benefit of <laughs> I was in a pub in Colorado Springs. I was working for a company out there and I was there with a bunch of my SF buddies and we're all in a pub and it's trivia night. And we're not really playing, we're over, we're over by the bar, but all there's all these tables. And one of the questions that pops up on Trivia Night at this pub, while I'm surrounded by my all my SF buddies, are name the Jane Austen books that don't have and in the title. And everyone's sitting there not paying attention. I walk over to this table full of women and I said, The answer is Mansfield Park, Emma, Northranger, Abbey, and I was never here. <laughs> And they were, I think they're the only they ones won. to get it right. They're the only ones yeah. to get that question right. Yeah.
1: Well, okay, so backtracking a little bit, you yeah. mentioned that Lily came to you to ask, or not Lily, but the, the boyfriend, yeah. whose name is coincidentally Nick. Nick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember a Nick in my past, Yeah. how that went. I called my mom up. I'm like, Lily will not stop talking about this guy named Nick that she <laughs> met. I'm like, sound familiar? She's like, yeah. Um. <laughs> It's kind of funny, yeah, but so. the reason why she um really hold held to that that strong rule to ask Daddy first and mm-hmm. talk to Daddy first is be is it's not because she feared him. Mm-hmm. and it's not because, you know, people should be quaking in their boots or any of mm-hmm. that. What it is is she really, really respected and trusted him and his judgment. She trusted him to see good character in a young man Mm -hmm. and um, and I think that's the most important thing and you know our daughter never wanted to date anyway even though she's just beautiful Mm -hmm. Um, and she's sweet and she's funny and there were plenty of boys that would have loved to date her she just didn't want to and her whole thing is she didn't want a boy to have ownership over her by Mm. being able to say, This is my girlfriend or Mm. whatever. And so she could like somebody or whatever, but there was no boyfriend, girlfriend stuff because she didn't want she didn't want someone to have that kind of fake ownership over her. And I don't know,
0: when you're you see you see all these kids that get caught up in in high school and stuff like that, which is like really you know She
1: would see the drama that some of the the people around her would have uh with, you know, Relationships and everything, and every single time she'd say, "Man, yeah. I'm so glad I'm not dating," but now she is dating, and uh, they're. She really likes him, he's honey. A, he's a good
0: kid. Anyway,
1: I think they've used the L word even.
0: What like?
1: No. What? Yeah, they love each Why other. Why am
0: I just learning about this? I don't know. I didn't approve that. Anyway,
1: you you can't. I'll talk you can't to a little You can't help later. who you fall in love with, honey. I, I fell in love later. with you. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
0: Anyway, anyway,
1: Nick's can be really convincing. moving
0: on to nonfiction authors. (laughs) So nonfiction author for me, Thomas Sowell. Thomas Sowell is, again, national treasure, not allowed to die. The guy is brilliant, prolific author. Um, The other thing I love about Thomas Sowell is watching interviews that he does, because he's not just brilliant and he does incredible research. Um, And if you're not aware of Thomas Sowell, he's he's an economist um but like a really incredible life story grew up in poverty parents died young he moved from north carolina he did a couple of years in the marine corps um but like actually i if i remember right he didn't graduate high school but he ended up getting accepted to harvard and when he went to harvard and then he went and he studied in chicago he was a marxist i mean he was a straight up marxist and then one year working for the government as like an intern summer an internship caused him to really challenge a lot of that. And now he's a very, very free market oriented economist. But the thing that's the reason why I think he's really interesting to read is because he talks about things in a way that is incredibly well-researched, but he can explain complex economic principles to the layman in a way that's not only easy to understand, but actually entertaining.
1: And also our kids' eighth grade curriculum.
0: That's right. I mean, he
1: (laughs) made them read basic economics. Yeah, but you know what? That it's good. Our yeah. daughter can, man. She, she has set that... people straight. She she'll go. Yeah. I don't. Re- why do you guys always have to talk politics? Dang it. Yeah. And then she goes somewhere. You know, she's in drama or what, and Dominates. she's in a play, and they start talking about economics, and then yeah. she pipes up and corrects everyone. Yeah. Because she's she very. Smart. But she
0: does it very well. She doesn't. She's not mean about it. So. Well, you know. All right. So what do we got here? Yeah. We got another one. All right, favorite sports teams. You don't really have
1: favorite sports teams. Okay, so I'm a little bit aloof when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Um, I've always been like my dad. Um, he would go for whoever the underdog was mm-hmm. in the specific game because I felt like if you are just a one-team person, then your season's over whenever they're not going to make it. You know what? I don't know. It's... It's not as fun, but I like going for the person you don't expect to win and just rooting for that team.
0: So I loved I I really liked sports like our our, again, we had a really small high school, so we didn't get to play much. But like I did baseball, track and wrestling and basketball because we didn't have a football team. I really wanted a football team, but that was way too expensive for our school. But I mean, when I was little, I was going to pitch for the Dodgers. And, and a big reason why I loved the Dodgers was because my dad, again, my dad was LAPD. I'd spend the summers with my dad and, and, you know, I had some really great memories growing up with my dad and I going to Dodger Stadium and watching Dodger games. And this was like, I still remember the 1988 World Series where Kurt Gibson, Dodgers were the total underdogs. Curt Gibson hobbles up to the plate. Hobbles up to the plate, Dodgers are down, Dennis Eckersley, who was one of the best relievers in baseball at that time, is pitching. And and Kirk Gibson can't even run. Right? He is he's he's injured. And he he knocks out a home run and Vin Scully is, is talking. To him. And Vin Scully was the best baseball announcer ever. And I like I remember that time and I I remember going to Dodger games. So like I was gonna pitch for the Dodgers uh when I But grew instead
1: up. he had to settle for doing a commending resolution for I did do a committee
0: resolution for Vin Scully because he is America's announcer and he deserved it. But yeah, so I was, I'm a Dodgers fan. We had a, I'm I'm just so glad that Clayton or uh, Kershaw won a world series because he's one of the best modern pitchers in baseball. And if, if you look at it it, and he pitched, he pitches beautifully all through the regular season. Then he usually has kind of a rougher time in the playoffs and the Dodgers kept making it to the world series or making it to the playoffs losing. And I was like, I do not want Kershaw. To be the Dan Marino of baseball where, you know, some of the best records in baseball, but no World Series ring. And they won this last year. And, yeah, it was COVID year, but I don't care because um, Kershaw, did he did well in the postseason this year. So, I'm a Dodgers fan. Which is almost,
1: I mean, I, I think that might be kind of heretical here in Virginia where everybody's a Nationals fan. Yeah. And... Nick even took Luke to the Nationals game the, when they were uh, the playing Dodgers. the Dodgers, and yeah. Luke and Nick were the only ones with blue hats on. No, there's place. a couple others. Okay, a few.
0: A couple, but you know yeah. what? I got to say this: the Nationals fans are very gracious fans. You you go to some stadiums where you wear the opposing jersey, and you're getting knifed in the parking lot. And uh, I think the Nationals that's are taking like your that.
1: sports a little too seriously.
0: Dude, Red Sox and Yankees fans holy crap that's like the jets and the sharks i do not want yeah. to be in the middle of that choreographed knife fight but um uh, but yeah so I'm a, I'm a dodgers fan again really good memories of my dad growing up going to dodgers games and still love baseball and luke and i we play you know with the church softball league and then football football i actually break away from my dad here my dad who again i love and respect is a cowboys fan but other than that he's a good person um so I'm a Steelers I wanna fan. I want
1: to know what made you a Steelers fan.
0: I, I'll tell you what made me a Steelers fan. Even because though my,
1: it's not like we live anywhere I, well, I used near. To,
0: I used to just like L.A. teams because my dad was in L.A. and i go to L.A. So Lakers, Dodgers, Raiders, the whole deal. But then the Raiders moved and I never, really, I never really got into liking the Raiders. But I remember my dad talking about growing up, watching the Steelers and the Steel Curtain and how tough they were and how tough Terry Bradshaw was. So I remember him talking about him very fondly. My dad has had a lot of influence on the sports teams I like, actually. And then we saw Terry Bradshaw in a, a hotel lobby. He's like, Nick, Nick, that's Terry Bradshaw, the one I was telling you about. And Terry was, <laughs> Terry was definitely a little tipsy. Um, but I don't know, it just kind of stuck with me. And as I was starting to get a little bit more into football, um, I just, I like the Steelers. Um, and so, yeah, and I, and I always thought that the, the, I, I, yeah, I, I, I like the Steelers. So I follow the Steelers. And wh- I like the Steelers and whoever is playing against the Cowboys or the Patriots. So those are my two. I can't believe
1: you don't like the Patriots. Just look at the name.
0: I, I like patriotism. I don't like the Patriots. That this is how bad I don't like the Patriots. I was willing to lose my job over this. So my my former boss, great guy, former Green Beret. Uh, his name was Bruce, and he was a he was a huge Patriots fan. Like has a life size painted portrait of Tom Brady in his office, signed by Tom Brady.
1: That's weird. So he I'm sorry that's
0: he loves the Patriots. Anyways. So when the Patriots, obviously the Patriots had a perfect season, made it to the Super Bowl, lost to the New York Giants, which was like a wild card team. And then all of a sudden there was a rematch. Right. And this was the Patriots chance to get revenge on the Giants, revenge on Eli Manning. And so I'm watching the game. And sure enough, the Giants beat him again. And so I call up my boss and i leave a message for him and i just say hey bruce i want to tell you congratulations i know this this you know you guys just might must feel really vindicated that you know the the giants stole your perfect season from you you went back to the super bowl and you beat him. oh oh wait no you didn't you lost again you lost again to a team Things that you not should to have say crushed to your boss. oh it was it, it was totally worth it and he didn't fire me because Bruce is a good sport, but I do think I got some crappy okay. assignments as a result.
1: Next question. All Favorite right. actor not living?
0: John Wayne. Oh, it's not even close. I grew up uh, again because I thought,
1: hasn't John Wayne been canceled? Has he been canceled?
0: John Wayne's never canceled. John Wayne is never canceled. No, I grew one well, again, a big part of my growing up, uh, you know, my dad and mom got divorced when I was young. And so, but both my grandparents lived really close to me up in Northern California. And so I'd go over to my my dad's folks, and we it was you know Papa Bill and and uh, and Grandma B, and I'd go over there, and Papa Bill and I would watch John Wayne marathons on TNT and USA, and I just I mean I grew up watching John Wayne.
1: I will say my favorite episode of *Isle of Lucy* is the one where John Wayne had a cameo. Yeah, and uh, so I I. I just almost said, I love Lucy, but I do. Yeah. I love Lucille Ball. Yeah. She was, but it's not because I think she was a fabulous actor. I think that she was just really <clears throat> willing to poke fun at herself. She was a beautiful woman yeah. who didn't mind looking not beautiful for funny, just mm-hmm. to make things funny. And um, I like that. I like somebody that's so comfortable in their skin yeah. that uh, they're willing to do that. Well, and, uh, but man, that episode with her and John Wayne yeah. and. It was really cute.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, I, there's so many John Wayne movies I like, and but El Dorado... Um,
1: the Shootist was really good.
0: Shootist was not one of my favorites. It was it was good, but it was not one of my favorite. When I was little, I loved The Cowboys because it was a whole movie a about John kids. Wayne taking a bunch of little kids on a cattle drive, and I'm sitting here going, how awesome would this be? I want be? John
1: Wayne to take me on a cattle drive. <laughs> but,
0: but then it was sad because John it was one of the movies John Wayne died in, and that's, again, the the rule I have is... As a man, I'm only allowed to cry under two circumstances: when a good fin- friend or family member dies, or if John Wayne dies in a movie. You can you can cry at that. There's no yeah, no it's, lost, he, and he is
1: held to that. I have seen Nick <laughs> cry twice, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and that was one was Papa Bill, and yeah. the next one was Papa John, and that was yeah. it. Um, but, I've seen him tear up
0: over yeah, over
1: friends, yeah, uh, but that's it.
0: But the uh, but yeah, the El Dorado, and, and the funny story about El Dorado is when when. In El Dorado, John Wayne plays this character called Cole Thornton. And Cole Thornton's a, a gunfighter, but he's like a gunfighter that sticks up for the the little guy and whatnot. And a great cast in that one. James Kahn was in it, a really young James Caan. Um, but in that movie, his again, his name is Cole Thornton. And so when I was over in Iraq, because of the work we did as Green Berets, we do a lot of work by, through, and with. So we're constantly out, you know, working with different... Tribal leaders working with different forces and whatnot, and so we don't always wear our name tapes. We would wear other name tapes, and I got a name tape. made Well, that then said, you need
1: to explain why you don't necessarily wear your name tape.
0: Well, because you know, we we had instances of intel getting back from Iraq, and again, I I don't know how valid a lot of this is, but we had heard stories of it, so we were all we were all cautious about it. Um, but because we worked so closely with a lot of different groups and organizations, and not all of them were the best. I mean, they might have been fighting Al Qaeda, and we were working with them, but that didn't mean that they were your buddies. And there were there were reports of wives of military service members getting confronted and getting threats, and so we were just cautious. So it's not a
1: good idea for them to know your last yeah, name. Yeah, so we, we were just or cautious. For you to about carry that. your ID on you. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I, I I had this name tape made that said Thornton, and uh, <laughs> I had a sergeant major goes, "The hell is Thornton?" And uh, like without skipping a beat, I look back and I was like, "There's only." Three men I know with his kind of speed. One of them's dead. One of them's me. And the other's Cole Thornton. And that was one of my favorite lines from El Dorado. Um, but yeah, so El Dorado, Rio Bravo, great John Wayne movies.
1: Where's your John Wayne bobblehead where you push right the Right up there. Oh, no, that's Does he my bobblehead. No, oh, I, that had, a, was an ornament, I, I had a
0: Christmas ornament that when you push the Christmas ornament, it would give lines from John Wayne movies. And this particular one, it was lines from uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Oh, yeah. Which was a great movie with him and Jimmy Stewart in it. And um, it had this one line that I loved, and it was, I know those law books mean a lot to you, but not out here. Out here a man settles his own problems. And my my (laughs) detachment commander hated it because we'd be talking about some operation that we were going to do or or how we were going to conduct it. And, um, you know, John was a good guy, but, it, you know, John's got, he's got to be the option, right? He's got to be the guy that's, that's taking into account some of the risk assessment components, um, you know, rules of engagement. He's got to make sure he's doing his job. Uh, but every once in a while, John would be like, well, you know, we really got to clear that through, you know, you know, Special Operations Task Force North. We've got to do that. And inevitably, when he would whenever he would say, well, we got to check, I would click that button and be like, I know those law books mean a lot to you, but not out here. And again, it was like, shut up, Freitas. Sorry, sir. <laughs> but I thought it was great. What
1: were they? I don't remember what else that thing said, but Oh, it, it had some funny. other one. But that was the best one. That was the best was the one. one.
0: So favorite. Oh, yours is Lucille Ball. Okay. Favorite well, I mean... living.
1: I... okay, so one of your favorites. It doesn't right. have to be. Yeah, I mean I I've never been one to I, I all my friends growing up always idolized um movie stars and, yeah, and musicians, and I just was really aloof. Yeah. I didn't care. Um, I wasn't the type to run up and get an autograph. I just yeah. didn't care, and I and I also kind of felt like, man, leave the people alone. They they don't want to sign your stupid thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but some do, I guess. Um, and so maybe I shouldn't be. So like what's that. your
0: what's your favorite living actor? You can't steal mine.
1: Favorite living, yours is really good.
0: Yeah, Denzel yours is, Washington.
1: Yours is really good. Oh, um, Denzel's awesome. You know. I'm having a hard time thinking of who I'll talk
0: about mine and then you can
1: I, I like yours. uh shoot Caboil. No um one of my favorites is uh shoot now I can't remember His last name is Idris. It's Oh, Idris Elba. Oh, his first name was Idris. Yeah. Idris Elba.
0: He's awesome too.
1: He's a great. Oh gosh. Great Have you actor.
0: never seen Luther? He plays kind of like this tortured brooding cop in that one, like just kind of a
1: Yeah, but he's been in other things and it's just
0: They were talking about him being the next James Bond.
1: I wish they would have made oh. Idris Elba the next James Bond. He would have been wonderful. Now
0: let's clarify something. There is one James Bond and that is Sean Connery.
1: Right. But yeah, that's true.
0: If you if you need to have if you need to have someone fill that role I'm pretty
1: sure James Bond's been canceled
0: whatever Idris Elba would like they're, be. they're Aegis. trying to make a woman my James vote's for Idris my vote is for Idris Elba for James Bond he would be phenomenal I don't
1: see how a woman plays James Bond honestly because James Bond whole thing yeah. was there would be some gorgeous woman and he'd have to like kiss her to get her to like snap out of whatever weirdness she was doing <laughs> Which is so not reality, but it was James Bond. And Now, yeah. how is a woman gonna I don't like?
0: Know. I don't think you, but handle if, a
1: man roughly in order to mellow Idris, him out. I don't know.
0: If Idris Elba was, he would be a great James Bond. I would watch that. But my, yeah. the reason why I love Denzel, I'm not Washington, watching
1: a James Bond with a woman in it. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, the reason like,
1: why I don't understand why why do they keep remaking things that are just classically male roles and putting like shoving women into those roles. Why don't why don't they come enough. up with something new? You're not well funny. You know? Because if you've got like this really good show yeah. um that was originally made with a man and then you shove women into it, you're gonna be constantly comparing which one's better. Yeah. And it's not fair it's to not the original. women who can I mean, there are women who are excellent actors mm-hmm. and they, they deliver it great well, but you're never gonna like the yeah. the remake more than you like the old one. And so you're kind of setting her up for failure. I don't like it. Yeah. Be original.
0: Well, I think the other reason why Denzel Washington's my favorite is because one, like it, if you actually see him interviews and things like that, because one one of the I try to separate the actor from their politics because it's just it just destroys oh, He's him, an but incredible actor. He's an incredible actor, but the other thing with Denzel Man Washington is. Man on fire Man is on he, my well, favorite. But, Sorry, go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> but he doesn't he doesn't get sucked into all the political debates. He you know, yeah. he'll he'll give a really true statement about that. I think he's very fair and even-handed, but he doesn't dive into politics. But Man on Fire, I think, is his best. It is that is one of my favorite movies I've ever done. It's one of the best revenge flicks you'll ever see. For those of you who don't know, he he plays a thing where again he's a former special operations guy. You know, he's he's dealing with alcoholism and some other struggles, a lot of guilt. And then he gets a job. Christopher Walken is in it too, and I love I love Chris Chris Walken, this great guy. He's he's good at what he does. Oh my god. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. I can I can nail that accent. But
1: Nick has actually okay, go ahead. But I'll Christopher
0: ahead. Walken is is buddies they're former special ops buddies and he gets him a job as a bodyguard for this little girl in mexico city and then because there have been kidnappings and, and things like yeah. that. yeah
1: don't, don't tell him the whole I'm story i'm not gonna tell the whole thing go it's get just, it it's an old movie but man on you need to fire, watch it man it's on fire is great
0: and then the equalizer although you've
1: had friends call you up and be like you didn't know you didn't tell me i was gonna cry watching this movie oh it's
0: it's a powerful it'll movie. make a
1: grown man cry
0: denzel uh, denzel just nails that role like i man on fire is his best so good equalizer is good too equalizer two wasn't as good as equalizer one but i thought they good.
1: were both really good i mean it's Denzel, man i mean yeah. has he ever been in a bad movie i can't he i think he just knows what to say yes to you know yeah. some of these actors yeah they'll be in a movie and i don't know if if they just didn't realize whoever they were working with wasn't going to produce a great movie or what yeah but Man, they should be a little, like, they should be choosy, well, I you know? Think
0: the, I think the other thing that it appeals to me about, you know, the, some of the movies he's been in and whatnot is it, it's the... I Look, I'm a dude. I like the kind of classic revenge flick because it's this whole idea that some sort of injustice has taken place and this guy is going to risk everything in order to correct that injustice, to defend somebody that, you know, was, mm-hmm. you know, harmed or kidnapped or taken advantage of. Yeah. And
1: I do love a good movie that, you know... Where, where the bad guy who's just really terrible yeah. really gets to come up. And I don't like this new thing they're doing where they try to make you really sympathetic to the bad guy. Yeah, I like the bad guy to be bad and I like him to get his, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I want the good guy to be good. And I don't uh, mind if the good guy has some failings here and there. And that's fine with me. But don't you dare try to make me feel sympathy yeah. for Someone that hurts dude. little children or someone that, you know, hurts women or hurts other people or hurts the elderly. You know, yeah. some of these, they try to give you enough backstory so that you feel bad for however they were raised. And I'm just going, yeah, no, no you heard at a kid, some point you choose you. who you're going to be. And I'm not going to blame someone else for you to let you off the hook.
0: All right. Here, oh, so, here's a favorite one. For hold you. Hold on, here. though.
1: No, I need to say oh, okay. you sorry. started to do the Christopher Walken impression. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Nick can do some amazing accents. He's so good. And he used to be... We used to throw out accents to him and make him...
0: Well, we were playing speaking. a game and like the, the way he we... had
1: to explain how electricity works.
0: In different accents.
1: But then switch accents for each uh, each one. And, and there were a lot of different accents. But Christopher Watkins is just the best. And it is. In fact, in, he's in the Virginia House of Delegates, as you know. Yeah. And there is he, he wanted to submit a bill um, and yeah. it has to do with uh, money that Virginia sets aside for uh, Hollywood. Hollywood it's like five million dollars or something I
0: think it's ten actually
1: it's a ten 10? million dollar
0: tax credit so it's a tax yeah. credit
1: so like basically it's come here and uh, do your movie here yeah. and we'll give you this tax credit and you know we don't like carve outs we want everybody to I mean, if you're going to cut some taxes, cut it on cut the people all. who actually live here. Hello. Yeah. Um, and so he was going to do, introduce a bill getting rid of that. As uh, Christopher Walken. As Christopher Walken. He yeah. was going to, yeah. It I might still be, do that. I think, he, I think he needs it. I think Virginia needs to hear. They
0: need Chris on the floor discussing why yeah. you shouldn't make special carve-outs for Hollywood. They don't need them, the bad, like...
1: He's so good. He's so good.
0: I, I think that would, speech would go viral. Guess, all right. Yeah. Wait, here we go. Okay, we got... Oh, Tina, you're going to love this one.
1: Yeah.
0: Most embarrassing moments.
1: Yes. For most me? Most
0: embarrassing moments. Well, well, I know you want to talk about...
1: Oh, yeah. My most embarrassing Do I have a picture in here? I will. Um, so cool. Nick was Nutters the Squirrel.
0: It was seventh grade play.
1: Oh my gosh, that's even worse! I thought you were seven in the play. Oh my gosh. And he says he was in seventh grade. Okay, it was. He was wearing tights. Yeah. Your dad has sent me the picture.
0: I know. Oh, my dad loves this. My this is like my favorite, or this is my dad's favorite way to embarrass his son is, and and I was like, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be in a play. I got cast. How I got cast. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought I was. I don't know. I thought like being in the drama team would be a good way to meet girls. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But not as nutters the squirrel. Not a, uh, not a dynamic role for, yeah. not a dynamic lead man. I've role. had
1: many embarrassing moments, uh, so I'm not sure I can really.
0: Oh yeah. Way to cop out.
1: Well, I mean. Well, I no,
0: know, I know your most embarrassing moment. What's that? It's when you signed me up.
1: <gasps> oh my gosh.
0: You signed me. So we're on a cruise ship. We're on a cruise. We had Wait, a This
1: was my fault. This everybody. is
0: totally her fault. We're we're on a cruise and um I'm I i can not remember what I was doing. I was like by the pool or something like that. He was
1: off somewhere, but they had made an announcement yeah. that they were about to have a hairy chess contest. And let me tell you, Nick can win a hairy chess contest. I'm this por- man in
0: Portuguese Portugues, he has man. got
1: like a coat.
0: You don't you don't uh, hunting trophy is better, better, Hunting Trophy. Better, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, there's nothing like it's just it's all here. Just like a man should have, there we you know, go, right? I, I feel like a man should have a hairy chest. I'm not totally like into agree. the whole like shaving your chest thing. Mm, you can do that spiky. if you're
0: swimming. That's it. But I don't
1: know. I just feel like no, a man she, should have she a hairy chest. He signs me
0: up for this hairy chest competition on I this did, cruise. I did because I
1: knew he would win. I'm like, you go well, and you win this but, thing. But
0: here's the deal. I'm competitive.
1: I did not know. Okay, we don't. I didn't look. know how they'd be judging this thing. Okay. <laughs>
0: There's a lot more hands on than we expected in the judging phase.
1: Oh yeah, I've never seen so many people just mm Anyway. Okay. And so but he did win.
0: Oh no, I didn't win. He I dominated. dominated. I dominated. But it was it was one of those things where like And it's not his...
1: just because the other guys had like ding! you know, it wasn't just because they had like
0: couple of We had to hairs. sell it, right? You had to sell it. It's like you know, the music was on and you had to sell Oh yeah your hairy chest. Nick was
1: shaking his groove thing.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not be Let's let's not give away the end. He it was, was just, out there just. No, I I was projecting okay. confidence.
1: He had to do the catwalk thing, so I, you know.
0: But I won, and I've got the trophy to prove it.
1: He does, and, and we have a bottle it. of champagne too, the and cra- and a, a trophy. I think and a
0: medallion. I got like so. A, here's
1: the thing: is we're on this cruise, yeah. and somebody kind of recognized him, <laughs> and we're thinking, oh my gosh, that was yeah. the most embarrassing, yeah. uh, thing. Being in that, uh, and and there were phones out like, Ooh, oh my gosh, you know. And so uh, there's video of Nick, out there somewhere,
0: um,
1: mm. winning a hairy chess contest and just utterly dominating. And we were waiting for this to come oh, break.
0: out. Somebody was gonna.
1: I thought for sure, like Abigail Spanberger is going to like release this. (laughs) Somebody's going to find it. And uh, we just resolved that whenever it does come out. I was going to
0: double down. I was going to own it.
1: Whenever it does come out, we're going to do a Facebook live and pop that cork on that champagne Champagne that we won won and have the trophy there and tell the story. But now we just told the story. So I guess we.
0: But Yeah, that was the funny part is like, as soon as I got done with that competition, somebody walks up to me like, I know you from somewhere. And this was right after an election.
1: Yeah, and so
0: he's like I know you from somewhere I said where are you from because I'm from Charlottesville he goes were you in the army I said yeah I was in the army that must be where you know me from (laughs) probably not but uh, I'm
1: telling you uh, that's the funny thing is that we're really really regular people and we joke around and we have fun and uh, that's the weird thing about politics is you can be doing something completely benign having fun doing something and it can get twisted and turned into something it wasn't and When uh, we,
0: when you say we're regular people, that's true,
1: mm-hmm. unless it's
0: a hairy chest competition, in which case I'm an exceptional.
1: That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's a good thing. He married a woman that likes a hairy chest, so that's good. That's a Portuguese... Cause, those cause are like, the Portuguese. look at these jeans. arms. He's, like, it's...
0: That's Portuguese jeans right there. Yeah. Portuguese.
1: Well, I like it. Look at you. You got a full yeah. head of hair. This is awesome. I mean... That's right. That's right. I like him. I like to look at his hairy chest. So. All right, well,
0: <laughs> we don't need to, like, go into detail about this. All right. So, what is... What is a okay, here's another one. I think we're going to probably end on this one. Strange family tradition. Yeah. And I think
1: sushi Thanksgiving yeah. is probably our strange family yeah, tradition. I think so. Um sushi Thanksgiving and so if any of you follow me on Facebook, you'll see every Thanksgiving we always yeah. take a picture of our spread and it's always sushi. And it's not that we don't like turkey and all of that. It's that Nick and I both come from families that were divorced and so we had I want to say there were four definite Thanksgivings we had to go to, but I think there were a couple of others because some grandparents were doing them as well. Yeah, Friends. And so, and they were just boom, boom, boom all in a row because we were visiting family. Mm -hmm. And so we had had like two Thanksgiving dinners already and we were turkeyed out. Mm -hmm. And my mom decided, hey, you're going to be so sick of turkey that I'm going to hire a sushi, Don. Yeah. And so she hired somebody um, that did sushi and rolled all this gorgeous sushi for us. That was great. And I'm telling you, it stuck. And we've got like my best friend is is uh, gluten intolerant. And so Sushi Thanksgiving is really safe for her. Yeah. And so we get together and we roll a ton of sushi every year and we invite you know, friends over and we have sushi. Oh, now, yeah. here's like the it. thing. Last year, we called it sushi roulette. <laughs> um, I have this, we yeah. have a round table and we have this uh, Lazy Susan on it. And yeah, we put, we pile it all on there. Well, I make some sushi and I make the kind, you roll it and you have the fish laying over it and it's yeah. pretty. <clears throat> and so I make all these. And some of them i made really spicy because i love wasabi it's
0: good stuff
1: like i feel like if you're eating sushi and you don't at some point feel like you might see the face of god like (laughs) near death experience from the wasabi then you have not experienced your sushi properly yeah okay
0: that's fair
1: so i make some of them with quite a bit of wasamis in the middle there and uh and so I had them all rolled and somebody else was plating them. And I meant to separate the the mild from the really hot ones. And so they got intermixed. So when people were grabbing sushi and it all looks just delicious, you know, it might be mild or it might make you cry. You just don't know. And I'll I'll
0: tell you another fun thing about sushi Thanksgiving, right, is the first time we did it, you, you can mess with your kids. Tell them the wasabi is guacamole. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's it, like everybody does this. Now, somebody's going to say I'm mean and I don't care. Um, but when you're, when, you're, when you're a young parent and you have your two-year-old, you'll never forget the first time they taste a lemon, right? They get that like <laughs> crazy reaction. Mm-hmm. All right, don't do that with your two-year-old and wasabi. That's just cruel yeah, and mean. Yeah, that's not
1: nice. Don't but do that.
0: when your kid's like a teenager and they've mouthed off maybe a little bit, I would, hand him, I would him say a chip, even
1: eight or nine is fine.
0: Hand him a chip with some wasabi on it. Tell him it's guacamole. Oh, and then just yeah. sit back and, and entertain yourself. This it guacamole has it does, turned. <laughs> it doesn't hurt anybody, but uh, it's fun.
1: And so, yeah, we do that. And then mm-hmm. I make chicken teriyaki for all the people who don't like yeah. fish. And, and my we son calls it chikiyaki. Yeah,
0: And we still inevitably... A lot of times, we, we got some great friends from church, and this is one of the things we do where we, we do kind of the sushi thing, and then somebody else will make a turkey, and we still do, like, the turkey sandwiches the I next day. still have day. to make turkey
1: at some point, because you've got to have the turkey, turkey sandwiches. sandwiches. got to. And then we have everybody over in the evening. I've got a huge round table, yeah. and I love a round table, because you can see everybody. Yeah. Um, but that's when we play Texas Hold'em.
0: Nickel-dime quarter, Texas Hold'em. And Luke!
1: My son's my been cleaning house.
0: Like... Three Thanksgivings in a row. He's crushed it.
1: Yeah. It's winner yeah. take all, isn't it? Yeah. And so, and it's, it's not very like much. Life. It's like a $5 buy-in. It's yeah, nothing it's major. Not oh, but uh, it's huge to
0: him. Like at the end of the night, he's got like 50 bucks. Oh, it's a lot of dope. money if
1: you've got a bunch of people playing. Yeah. And so then we usually do uh, sushi round two. Yeah. Um, with that, because sushi mm-hmm. doesn't really stick with you that long. Well,
0: Thanksgiving is also kind of like a no three-day... Thanksgiving was kind of like a three-day yeah. successive thing. Well, we I used like... to
1: make Thanksgiving dinner, and then the very next morning it was biscuits, biscuits and, gravy and gravy in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, and um, then turkey sandwiches for days afterwards. Yeah. It's great.
0: Yeah, well, Well, there you go. Now you know a little bit more about myself and yeah. uh, now Tina. Now that we've bored you to death. Yeah, now that you're at this point, you're like, you've already checked out. Like, you checked out at minute ten after I got done explaining why John Wayne was awesome. Yeah,
1: I think we've been talking for, like, a long time. It's
0: been a while. But anyway, we just wanted to take an opportunity to introduce you a little bit. Of, I mean, we talk about a lot of issues on this and every once in a while I think it's important that you just, hey, you know a little bit about where this is coming from and uh, you know why we've come to the beliefs that we have and, and uh, the different experiences. And so you know, we like an opportunity to be able to uh, relate with the audience a little bit. Or for those of you who are Cowboys fans, you've now unsubscribed from all my channels. Mm-hmm. And you know that's fine because I don't like the Cowboys, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Cowboys in real life, good. Cowboy football team, no.
1: And now you know who's behind the scenes prodding Nick to do the most controversial thing he possibly can. It's her.
0: She's not the nice one. She is not the nice one in the relationship. Uh,
1: It's you know what we okay. I'm nice. I just think some people have it coming.
0: (laughs) You know. All right. Listen. First of all, I want to thank everybody too. We're about to hit our, this is our 49th episode. We're about to hit our 50th episode. The, the We've gotten a, this last month was our best month ever on this podcast. So I, I want to thank you all so much for liking, for sharing, for writing us a review. Uh, continue to do it, right? If you If you like the arguments, if you like the content that you're seeing, you know, we have to be able to engage in the culture in order to, to be relevant, to fight back against some of the things that we see. And, and the more the more users we get, the more followers we get, the better opportunity we have to be able to set up alternative ways to get this out to you. So if we do ever come up against a day where Facebook tries to shut us down or YouTube tries to shut us down, we wanna be able to have our own servers, we wanna be able to have our own mechanisms to be able to continue to make the argument for the things that we believe, the things that we cherish, and the things that are worth fighting for. So please consider to, you know, like, review, and share this content. But once again, I'm Nick Freitas, my wife, Tina. Thank you again for watching Making the Argument and we will see you next time.